Hello, hello. Welcome to the Private Suite interview series. I'm Indy Advent, and today I'm joined by a very special guest in person, actually, at my apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm very stoked to be seeing him. His name is Strawberry Station. Welcome to the show, dude. Hello there. How are you? I am completely disoriented right now. I've spent the past three days <laughs> making my way around the mean streets of Toronto, taking yeah. in all of the tourist sites. And I'm glad to be at your apartment drinking this delicious beer. This delicious shock top. Which came recommended by myself. Yeah, it's great. It's it's so great that it's easy to drink too much. <laughs> yeah, that is very As true. Uh, I think we both lost a bit of Monday morning to this stuff. Or was yeah. it Sunday? I'm losing Friday, track. Saturday. Sunday. I'm losing track of time at this point, man. I've got a train to catch on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. I think that's two days away. What day is it today? Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. Okay. I hope it's Tuesday. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm stupid. Screwed. You're screwed, bro. Anyway, welcome to Canada. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. It's a pleasure having you here. I've been watching your YouTube videos. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of a vlog, making my way around the city and seeing all the sites. (laughs) Slowly but surely easing my way into Canadian life. Um, I'm here for the next two years. So, ladies, phone numbers, please. (laughs) Definitely. So what's your Twitter, bro? Uh, Strawberry Stat One. S T A T. Yeah. I didn't want the one at the end, but it ended up like getting added on the end there. It kind of works. It's like an I, I suppose. And Strawberry Station is too long for the. For the is there a character limit or something? And there's probably just already taken. There's probably just some random guy oh, in Bulgaria with my yeah. handle. Yeah. True. True. Fight you for it, mate. So you're moving from London to. London. Actually, technically, you're from Castle Donington. Is that right? <laughs> um, no, Twitter decided I was from Castle Donington. That's a small village about 20 miles north of where I actually live. Okay. I, live in, I, I lived in a visit. I lived in a village called Sileby, which is about halfway between Leicester and Loughborough. It's on the other side of the county, pretty much. Okay. Uh, the only thing Castle Donington has going for it is that there's a massive airport nearby. Um, so maybe that's why they chose it. It's the first thing you'd see if you flew into the East Midlands. Yeah. But, that's yeah. what Discog says. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a very nice steak there once. So Steak? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We've yet to try a steak in here in Toronto. We've tried a lot. I, I have. I've been making my way around the various eateries that are available to me. Mm-hmm. I've been perusing the menus. And the, dr- um, the, the drinkeries. Yeah, I've, I, I've been in probably more bars than I have restaurants, to be fair. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, um, I've been trying out like the stereotypical, you may say, or at the very least, traditional Canadian cuisine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had my first pea meal bacon sandwich this morning. Which oh, you was, did? I did, actually. I oh, went to St. Lawrence Market and had the go with that. Yeah. Awesome. There yeah. you go. And I had a butter tart afterwards as well, which yeah. is nice. I think I'm the first person to ever call them butter tarts instead of <laughs> butter tarts. <laughs> Give me a butter tart, bro. Butter tarts, innit? Yeah. Um, And we were going to go to St. Lawrence Market, but it was raining like crazy. We got soaked. It's cool. I've actually been past it twice now. I went there yesterday after dark. Yeah. It was probably the first street on... Uh, like in Toronto where I didn't feel that safe to be honest going down Jarvis Street at night oh yeah it's few seedy characters but generally I would honestly say this city is really sweet it's a place that you know I've, I've, I've wandered around kind of fairly drunk in the wee hours of the morning yeah and, uh, 1 a.m. last night yeah I, to, I feel really comfortable here really I'm really enjoying my time here and uh, yeah it's pretty the pe- safe the people are really nice it's crazy it's like the first morning I um, <laughs> I know. yeah. You I, tell the story. Well, I, I figured I'd ease my way into like 
Canadian life by doing something completely un-Canadian and watching Leicester City, my local football team, play. <laughs> um, they had a kickoff at 10 o'clock in the morning and there was a bar that like opens early doors for breakfast so you can watch the games. Um, it already start, it started well because I managed to find 20 bucks on the floor on my way down to the subway station, which was sweet. That's so crazy. I've never found 20 bucks and I've been here for like 10 years. No, no. I think I, I, I probably got all my luck out of the way like early yeah. because I didn't find any change ever since. And what about the breakfast? Yeah, the breakfast was good. The scoreline was not Leicester lost 2-1 to Southampton, who we beat 9-0 last month. Oh. <laughs> but um, it was cool because I ended up bumping into two random um, Torontonians, is that the term? Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, um, who happened to be Leicester City fans. And uh, we, we shared breakfast. We had a few beers and they ended up paying for my entire bill. So That's to the tune crazy. of about 45, 50 bucks. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. And um, That's the soccer I, bringing people together. Man. Yeah. I've had a couple of experiences like that though, since I got here mm-hmm. where it, it, it's, it, it's almost a stereotype that Canadians are like really friendly people and like they're really chill. And you like, said that like, in one of your videos. Like Yo, if you that. haven't checked out Strawberry's videos, what's your YouTube? Um, it's got some weird ass long thing. Oh, you might as well just strange. just go to go to YouTube, search Strawberry Station, and yeah. you'll, you'll see them all. I'm building a playlist slowly that you'll be able to see if you go to my channel. I love it, man. Your your vlog style. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just um, kind of like a blindly going out into the unknown and documenting what I see. I mean, yesterday I was just wandering around the park. I saw some squirrels and some birds, which were cool. And then um, yeah, I just went into town and um, ended up drinking again which is a recurring theme in this holiday <laughs> and drinking canadian beer and trying canadian foods pretty much yeah i'm getting it all out of the way before i get sick of it you're and then fitting in quite well yeah i think so you know <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm basically the stereotypical tourist at the moment mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna get to london and be like hey guys let's go out for some poutine and let's drink okay. some molson yeah <laughs> and they'll just look at me gone out it's like why <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Nice uh, man. Yeah. I, I'm I'm glad you are. I was wondering what you would think of it. No, it's it's everything I expected and more. Really, you know, yeah. you know, all of those kind of like things that you kind of hear, but you don't quite expect to be real, like the hospitality aspect. And yeah, I can't fault it. Really, it's nice, been great. Man. It's only uh, been four days. It's plenty of time for it to get worse. It's true. <laughs> yeah. True. We'll see how London treats you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're off to London, and then. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be hanging out for two years off and on. Mm. That's going to be awesome. Pretty much. I mean, half the reason I chose London is it's pretty close to Toronto if yeah, I want to come back here. But still a, a pretty big city. Yeah. And it's, the rent's cheaper. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's sometimes, yeah. yeah. But who knows? I may find myself winging my way back to Toronto to move here Yeah, because I am really liking Toronto. I'm not going to lie. I've never been a big city guy, like I said in my videos. But um, yeah, if, if puss comes to shove and I decide that I want to come this way, then... Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and I can crash on your sofa if I like get drunk in the, in the downtown. <laughs> it's all yours. So if you don't know, Strawberry makes some brilliant music. It's called Future Funk, if you've heard of it. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant's pushing it. <laughs> I, lo- I got all your tapes, man. I think, right? I got four of your tapes. Yes, you have actually. And um, okay. the first time we met, he just pulled them out of his jacket pocket and expected me to sign them. <laughs> Luckily, he brought his own Sharpie. So he obviously came prepared, which was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up signing tapes mid jet lag in my first encounter with a real Canadian. It yeah. was pretty sweet, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like, oh my God, I must be famous. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, your but, fame precedes you. Check out Strawberry Station's music, strawberrystation.bandcamp.com. He's got four records technically, I think, not including your Christmas record. And then your records, um, I guess they are, you know, Get Up, Stand Up and Last Summer. Yeah, we try not to talk about those. I know I talked about them at length in my video about why I love Future Funk, but yeah, that's yeah, I'd, if if you want to check those out, they're there on like Discog, not Discogs, the um, what's the one, Soulseek and all that kind of streaming crap. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm trying to kind of pretend they didn't exist. They're kind of early days, yeah, kind of like um, archaeology, if you like, of when I was finding my feet and I thought that everything I made was brilliant when in reality it was pretty crappy. It'll be great to go back and listen to like 20 years from now. But one thing that is interesting about those two albums that people might be curious about is I, I released the album in March called uh, Yesterday's Jam. Uh, you, Those who kind of listen to my stuff will probably know it. It's the one where you got the girl holding the little jar of jam. Um, but um, that, that all the songs on that album are songs from those first two albums that I didn't like the sound of, but I thought I could do better with. So I kind of, again, I'm not going to pretend that I'm anywhere near like the level of production of some of the guys around me, but I had got to a point where I thought I could make something that was more passable, if you like, compared to the absolute mess that was those first two albums. So I I picked some of the samples that I'd used in those early ones and I basically remade them. This was after Strawberry Dreams, which was, in my eyes, the first album I made that I was actually borderline happy with. Um, And yeah, it came out good. And there's some songs on that album now, like, you know, like Get Up, Stand Up, Shine Again, uh, Come Back to Life, that... I really like and I quite like dropping in live sets as well, which I think is kind of the gold standard, really. If, you, if you've if you got something that you're happy to play live to people and like drop at a, at a show, then you're getting somewhere, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we don't have to talk about those two records, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want, that, if you want to elaborate. We've got plenty of time. It's, well, maybe we'll jump into it. I want to yeah. talk about your actual records that you're promoting yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned the back catalog starts with strawberry dream yeah that was like the breakthrough album mm. if you like but that was when i found you so yeah could, you could, could be right well that's more down to the kindness of alan at Correspect. you know i was um, true true at the time i was slowly kind of getting my head around how to do the production process of future funk um which is where i give a big shout out to electric dreams ed because it was his tutorials that really got me starting to understand the absolute basics, you know, like side chaining and quantizing and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get too deep into the actual process, but um, it was a really handy reference. Um, and the, be- the best thing about it was that he included included project files so you could go in and look oh, wow. at how he'd done that stuff. That's if you go and, cool. Yeah, if you go and look at ED's videos, he has the project files in his kind of um, description of the video. Mm. And if you go in there and check those out, and you can actually see what he's done. I wouldn't recommend people straight up go in there, take the project file and copy it to their own projects, but it will give you, if you study it properly, a bit of a base from which to start kind of um, creating your own sounds. I'd like to uh, check those out, even though I know how to use a DAW and know know how to make music. I mean, I would say like 
the basics that I was taught in that in those videos, specifically the drum mixing video, are, yeah, are the base of what I've done. I mean, since I've seen some project files from other guys, I mean, uh, Melonade sent me a couple from kind of his Melonade album and uh, the other one, Dream Plaza as well. Dude, which, Melonade, I want to pause for a moment and yeah. just give a shout out to Melonade. Cool guy. Yeah, he's he's just so brilliant. He's like People don't know how talented that guy is no he's great he's been in the game a long time as well yeah well, i didn't realize music production yeah yeah i didn't realize until i kind of got into it and started looking at his like back catalog stuff but he's been making music for like four or five years mm-hmm. i didn't know i mean i know the guy well now we've we've hung out a number of times mm-hmm. um, in the past year back in london and nice um elsewhere he came up to the Kawhi carnival that i did with jelly bonbon and mr wax in oh, sick, manchester yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, which was kind of out of the blue because he wasn't sure if he was coming or not, but he lives over in Sheffield now, which is the other side of the Pennine. So it's not that long. It's about an hour on the train. And uh, uh, yeah, he just kind of rocked up and it was sweet. And uh, nice. it was it was nice to see him again. Yeah. And he came to kind of my goodbye party in London as well. We did oh, a bit cool. of, we went to a Korean karaoke place. Yeah. And then oh, got you told some, me, right? Yeah, and then got some ramen, like off into the night in London. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was nice to see him again. So awesome. Yeah, already missing all of you guys back home. No, no. The, the UK future from see, man. I love it. Yeah, it really is cool. No, I wish I could have gone to Groove Horizons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, shouts out to you, Ewan. You are the bomb, and we're looking forward to seeing you at Essential. Absolutely, baby. In April, I'll take you to all the best ramen places. I promise. <laughs> yeah, you'll know them by now for sure. Well, you I went to one. I yeah. went to one last night. Jinx. It was delicious. Yeah, run by some guy called Johnny. I think. Can't remember. It's it had his name plastered all over the menu, so I'm assuming his name's Johnny. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Johnny as well. It's Johnny, my boy, the ramen king. <laughs> okay, so you just released a record, Future Funk 2020, Anita. It's a two-track record, mm. like an A-side, B-side sort mm. of thing. Tell us about that. So um, I really wanted to release something on New Year's Day, and I was stressing out, stressing out about uh, getting something done in time. I mean, normally. I'd say my process is more off the cuff rather than planned. You know, I will often work on a song for maybe a week, a week or two, and then just throw it away and think, nah, that sucks. Or come back to it in a number of months and Mm -hmm. weeks and whatever. Um, And then sometimes you'll just get one where it's like, you just get click and, oh, that's cool. I'll go for that. And because I had this deadline in my head and I'm really bad at working with deadlines. I mean, anybody really? that I've collabed with or I have um, I have organized anything with will know that I just get stressed out about working to an actual time scale. It just it 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 just, it just builds up in my head, and then I'm like, oh crap, there's 48 hours to go. I've got to get something ready. Yeah, damn. and that was exactly what happened with that because I really wanted a song for New Year's Day to like see in 2020 this new decade in my eyes in my personal view and we'll probably get onto it in a bit the the decade that future funk kind of like builds and builds and becomes this bigger and bigger thing um but Mm -hmm. i (laughs) yeah i um got to about the 30th of december and i was like i've still not got anything i've been working on something for a couple of days i think i've shown sophia and i'd got the song kind of done but I thought there wasn't much going on with it. It was like really lame and repetitive. Okay. So at the time I was digitizing uh, my old vinyls, like just just a handful of them that I thought had some cool samples on them because I've got a record player at home that can just do the shebang, you know, just stick a USB stick in there and it brings them out. Not at the best kind of 
sound quality, but good enough. You know, we're talking about two, five, six meg um, MP3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cut one record, which was Will King, backed up against the wall. And there was one on there called, uh, now it's on there. It's called Love's Fever. That was it. Yeah. I, 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 it was one of those ones where I, I was like, right, I'll try this one because I was losing my wits at the time. Yeah. I put it in there and I was like, ah, Perfect. wait, bruh. Yeah. That sounds sick. <laughs> yeah. So um, as is often the case with the songs that I've made in the past, it just snowballed. And within about a day, I'd managed to make Future Front 2020 mm-hmm. and it was ready to go by nice. middle of the day on New Year's Eve. Can I guess the next one? Anita Baker? About Anita. Yeah. Well, Anita's at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. That's, the, that's one of those songs that I completely forgot about. Yeah. I thought it was going nowhere, so I got rid of it. Okay. And left it kind of on my computer for six months, I think it was. Wow. I think I was kind of digging through, trying to look for old projects to give me a right. bit of inspiration. And I found it. And yeah, again, probably about half a day, a day later, it was ready. Just a bit of kind of mastering and mixing and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, changing it up. And yeah, there's not that much more to it. Um, Cool. It's it's one of those interesting ones because I released it and then a couple of days later, um, I spotted another song that sampled Anita Baker. That's why it's called Anita Anita. because it samples Anita Baker. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the song now. Oh, it was called Squeeze Me, of course. That's why she keeps saying Squeeze Me in the right. song. Yeah, which is another cool song. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to play one of the songs off that record if mm-hmm. you want to. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Which song? Let's go for Anita for a giggle. Okay. Here it is, everybody. Anita by Strawberry Station.
going really well so far, man. Super fluid. Yeah. Just make sure you don't look off to the side too much. I keep getting distracted by your goddamn monitors. <laughs> it's a great picture, right? It is a good picture. Yeah. What is it from? Is it from like some game? Or something? I don't know. It's, I think it's just an artist made it. It's cool. Huh? Yeah. I, did, I don't know. The problem is, I see the I see the unicorn. I get Fortnite vibes. It's so good. <laughs> that unicorn. It's like, yo, yo, boys, what it is? We on the party bus? Where we dropping? Tilted towers, or whatever it is in Fortnite Two. Yeah. <laughs> or is it Fortnite Two Point Oh? I don't know. I don't know. I did play Fortnite for like. Same. Just over like. I suck at it, man. I can't yeah. aim. Like, I'm good at Counter Strike. Uh, it would have been 2018, like summer, I think. I just remember mm. I, I got into it because um, the England football team were playing at the World Cup and they kept going on about how they were all playing Fortnite. I wasn't into it because of like all the Zuma kids playing. It. Right. It was because like Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy were playing it. That's okay. why I got into it. I'm not ashamed to say that I played a bit of Fortnite. It's a good game. You just got to. It's like any other like popular MMO. You've got to like. Um, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Like the way they oh. change it up and not put new updates. And it is cool, interesting. Cool things like there's a Star Wars thing in there that just happened. Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um. There's that thing where like the didn't Marshmallow do a show on. Uh, really, on I didn't hear about there that. was something where they disable weapons and you could go into a game and Marshmallow was doing a live set. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, which is wow. crazy. You know, just tiptoe around the 10-year-old kids, tell That's them really they effed your ma. And uh, you can enjoy some sweet, sweet music from Marshmallow. Fortnite kids, check it out. I'm uh, attending a free online anime concert brought to you by, I think, My Anime List Ooh. coming up on January 28th, I think. That sounds cute. When's the date? What date is it? Concert streaming from Tokyo. Na -na -na, Tuesday and Carol. <laughs> Where's the oh shit? The guitar looks huge on her. Where what's the date? What's the date? Uh September 19th, 9 p.m. Japan. Oh, I, I put a calendar entry. September. 7 p.m. EST Tokyo concert. I'll oh, link January it, the 19th. Sweet. I'll link it in the description. But that it's uh M-A-L Live. Who's dot playing? My anime list dot net. Who's playing? Uh, it's like Tuesday and Carol, bro. Just two anime girls. I don't know, man. It's, it's, oh, I'm man. just interested to see like how. I'm guessing Carol's the one with the guitar. Carol's kawaii. Probably. <laughs> the yeah. Guitar's they're, they're, huge. Uh, she needs like a ukulele or something. She's got a Nord. It's like the size the of her body. <laughs> Some good shit. Is that a Gibson guitar? Yeah, it looks like a Gibson. Nice. Anyway, um, on the note of on the topic of that. Anyway, good song. Um, Thank you, Anita by Strawberry Station. So. And you, you certainly rock in the strawberry aesthetic on that one, eh? Yeah, I do like strawberries. It's half the reason I chose the word yeah, strawberry. Yeah, like let's get into that. Strawberry Station. That's a yeah. super cool name. It's like <laughs> radio station, right? You tune into the strawberry yeah. and you have this persona. So it's always this character sort of. That's I mean, my interpretation. Yeah, the problem is um, it's, it's come back to bite me on the butt because I recently mm. um, kind of expanded into streaming services. And one of them is Amazon Music um, where mm. you can like just press the button and say, Alexa, play Strawberry Station. Okay. Um, if you ask Alexa to play Strawberry Station, it just says, I cannot find a radio station named Strawberry. Okay, hold on. It, does, it, it doesn't play Alexa, me. Alexa, play Strawberry Station. Alexa, oh, play Strawberry Station. She was going to answer. I cut her off. I don't know that one. She doesn't know that one. Of course she doesn't know that one. Well, this is the Canada Alexa. It's kind of shit. Yo, it Canada Alexa, play Strawberry Station, eh? I don't think she heard you. 
She's not a good listener. Alexa, sometimes. play Strawberry Station. Eight. Channel eight. Channel eight, apparently. <laughs> station Channel eight. Station eight is probably what she <laughs> thought. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, see, this is the problem you run into. Yeah. Like you can still search for it on Amazon Music or Spotify mm-hmm. or Deezer or Google Play or any of the other fine streaming services which 128 State is available on. Nice. Speaking of 128 State, you released that on mini disc only, is that correct? No, it was available on cassette as well. Oh, I have the tape. I'm a fucking... Yeah, it's right in front of you, bro. I have it. I signed You're it. You're holding it now. I'm holding it in my bare hands with my beautiful, beautiful signature on it. Oh, I'm a silly. Yeah. I'm looking no, at the Discogs page no, and it's, it's not listed it's gonna, there. It's, it's across formats. I'm, so I'm really excited to say that it's going to be the first album that I release on vinyl as well. Sweet. Yeah, so My Pet Flamingo are currently shaping up to release it on the 31st cool. of January. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, um, hope the... The, the promo video will be coming out soon enough, but this is an exclusive, I exclusive. suppose. Exclusive. Exclusive reveal. 200 copies. Red translucent vinyl. It's Ooh, got the remix strawberry. of Mono that Mare did. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Get on it, guys. You know, nice. It's your yeah. opportunity to prove that I am worthy of the mighty vinyl format. Yeah, definitely. I might have something coming out on my pet flamingo. Lit. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, they're really good boys, honestly. I can't Oh well, yeah. I, I I can't say enough about them because um yeah, they, they approached me to release this album. Obviously I'd started working on one to eight at the time that I met them, but I met them at Groove Horizons and um it's all my set came up to me afterwards when I went to the merch stand and were like, yeah. Hey, you've got have you got anything lined up? It was like, Well yeah, actually, I do have an album that's coming out. I'm probably gonna have it ready for about September and they were like, Hey, let us release it. It's like really? Yeah, I think you guys, you'd sound good on vinyl. We really like your set. I was like, hey, that's lit. Nice, man. Yeah, I man. love that they did a mini disc too. Yeah, the mini disc thing was cool. Isn't the, there's like international mini disc days coming up soon, isn't there? I know. Yeah, which is a new thing. I'm very excited yeah. for that. You have the vinyl day, like the record store day and the cassette store day. But this is the first one for mini disc. MDs, baby. It's they're getting they're getting big. Well, you saw my stack there. Yeah, Shout yeah. Shout out to Colin from Wizard of Loneliness, or <laughs> rather, the Wizard of Loneliness. Yeah, I call it anyway. The, the, go listen to that episode to see what that joke is. <laughs> yeah, about. mini discs are remarkably popular already, considering they're a fairly new thing in the scene. I think. Um, the, oh, no the, one's the, making them anymore, though, right? Well, they were pretty popular in Britain. One of the things, uh, one of the places that um, um, that manufactures them is based in Britain. Like you can, like a dupe shop kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like the one you have in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they offer mini disc services. And mm-hmm. um, that's why a lot of the, a lot of the labels that you will find do mini discs are based in Britain. Like the first ones, I think My Pet Flamingo were one of the first. Awesome. Um, the first mini disc I put out was um, Strawberry Dreams, which I did through a guy who was doing a label called Lucid Shores, which was in, yeah. which was, it was really cool. It was like a cottage industry kind of thing. He was just kind of doing it in his bedroom, just this guy from Norwich. And um, I, I can't thank him enough because it was another really cool little release. We did a kind of like pre-order thing. So it was based on demand and we still got about 40 or 50 people that wanted to buy a copy, which surprised even me. I wasn't sure what sort of demand there was going to be for a mini disc at the time. So we did about 50 copies of Strawberry Dreams. Uh, and then when one to eight came out, uh, my pet flamingo offered to do. I think it was a hundred copies they did at the mini disc, and mm-hmm. they sold out like like that pretty much, like two or yeah, three I hours. Did, I didn't get one. Yeah, I, 
It's the one item I don't they have. Were, they, were, they were popular. They were really popular. The yeah. tapes took about three or four days to sell out, um, which I think is just kind of like the nature of the market now. Because um, I think the, the sheer breadth of kind of like physical media that you can now get from no end of people is uh, it is having an effect on kind of the sales rate. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is anything bad about it. I think it's great that you can pretty much pick your artist at will and um, chances are they will have something coming up or they will have something that's still available yeah. on a cassette or a mini disc or a vinyl. Um, my tip to anybody that's just like releasing a new like physical one, especially on a label that's not like got that kind of, I'd say, uh, clout, I suppose, is the word. Yeah, the, um, you know, sure. some like if you released a hundred tapes on Neon City Records, for example, they go like that easy. Yeah, because of the clout of the label. The same is probably Business Casual. Um, Sometimes, yeah. Um, but I think once you're getting kind of further away from those massive labels, don't be disheartened if it's taking you a couple of days to start seeing those units flying off the shelves. Kind of I think thing. it's just mini discs, like I, you were going to say, because yeah. the Lucid Shores one it sold out really fast exactly. as well. Exactly, exactly. The, the guys, the guys closed the label now, which is they sad. They closed? Yeah, he, he gave up on it, which is sad. It, it, Why? I think it was because of the sheer demand. He didn't realize how how much demand there would be for these things and how right. much work it would be. It's a I lot. mean, I know what it's like to like handle like international shipping and all that sort of thing because I did it for the magazines for Private Suite for a few mm -hmm, issues. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it does get stressful to be fair. Um, I'm actually helping run a label right now. Mm. Um, I wouldn't call myself a partner or anything, but I'm seeing it now. Like <laughs> the the back the back yeah. end. It is a lot of work. Um, like maybe and I'll I've, say what label it is I, at some point, but I, uh yeah. It's it's crazy. I have mad respect for, for the one guys. Person, that, dude. Yeah. Like that's why I joined. For sure. I'm like, dude, I gotta help, help. Sure. I mean, I have mad respect for those guys that run the labels because it's a lot of work to yeah. get those things shipped out. I don't think people sometimes realize it. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are labels that are better than others in terms of their customer service and the way that they look after their customers if something goes wrong. Say, for example, if a lame postman ends up like smashing your tape mid-transit um, in terms of getting replacements, response times and that sort of yeah. thing. But you have to remember that these guys are, for the most part, pretty much doing it out of their bedroom, out of their apartment. They, they are cottage industries and you have to remember that things will go wrong sometimes and they're only human. And for the most part, I would honestly just give my thanks to all the label owners, all the ones that I've worked with so far, um, Core Respect, Gulf Audio, the guys at First Class Collective and uh, My Pet Flamingo. I've worked on four really good labels so far and I can't thank them enough because they are busting their balls getting these albums and cassettes out of the door mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And Lucid Shores. And Lucid Shores, of course. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's obviously a shame that you close the label, but I can't thank you enough for putting my mini disc out and making me realize that mini disc was actually a format worth trying out yeah. because before then I'd considered it this very niche thing a bit like uh, when a vaporwave label would put out like a floppy disc release and just do like five or ten copies mm -hmm. at a time because that's all the demand that there really is for that right but yeah we sometimes 
Exactly. You know, yeah. you know, I think if they did like a floppy disk version of Hit Vibes, for example, <laughs> you could sell like four figures if you really wanted to. But yes. nobody get any funny ideas, please, because I, <laughs> I know that I know the absolute maelstrom that there is on our vaporwave over over the uh, the, the vinyl, the, the vinyl issues. Right, yeah. Yes, I'm not going to get into those. Yeah. No, no, no. I avoid today. controversy. I'm just going to tiptoe around it yeah. like a fine alley cat. <laughs> Always landing on his feet. Good call. Um, I had something really awesome to say and I forgot it. Mm. Vote Pedro. Oh, I remembered. <laughs> um, not, not that's, you didn't make me remember by saying that. Um, Lucid Shores, they put out my most sought after tape, actually. Mm. It's called Late Night TV. L8 Night TV. Yep. I think it was Lucid Shores. Let me look. Sounds stupid. Shores. I'm not I'm not seeing anything. Uno momento, everybody. Por favor. It wasn't Lucid Shores. Paciente, por favor. Senor y senoritas. Indy Hatsi Local Visions, not Lucid Shores. Local Visions. You can understand how I got that. Yeah, no, to be fair. I was going to say, if it was Lucid Shores, you could probably get in touch with the guy because he liquidated his stock and he might still have a couple of copies lying around mm-hmm. but it's the wrong label so yeah exactly wrong <laughs> what about what about lucid short or uh, local visions will they will they have any yeah late night tv by crystal cola definitely ah, check that crystal record cola. Out. well get in touch with crystal cola he might have a copy crystal cola is always on twitter and stuff okay i'm writing that down <laughs> sorry dude i've just sold one of your personal tapes we'll see trust, I'm me, not, I'm not, trust uh, me it is worth giving it to this guy's collection I'm looking around at about two and a half thousand tapes including a bunch of fresh shelves that he put up while we were in a shock top fueled haze and then a forgot. couple of days ago yeah <laughs> he actually forgot he put up the shelves which is remarkable I have a bad memory also how many shock tops did we have I had about five we ended up watching Always Sunny we had I finally saw 15. the wrestling episode Oh, yeah, I'm the yeah. trash man. The trash man. Did I get you, Cricket? <laughs> I trash. Huh? Oh yeah, that's my. Is that's a panda? It's money box. Right? I, money my box friend panda? gave me a, one of the lucky cat ones just before I left. Yeah. But unfortunately, I have no money to put up in it because no I'm. Well, I'm now in another continent, so it's oh, kind yeah. of null and void. But thank you for the cat money box, Jamie. It was a nice little secret Santa present. I'm sorry I couldn't take it to Canada with me. Yeah. So let's talk about SoundCloud a little bit. Yo, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. You mm. got started on SoundCloud. I, I guess did. You could I say. did. I did. With a whole whack load of singles. Yeah. Let's talk. I want to talk about the experience you had on SoundCloud mm. and how it sort of changed from uh, how it was, especially for future funk artists yep. and the like, until now. Mm. I mean, I would say the experience on SoundCloud hasn't changed that much, so to speak. In as much as it's still the same thing, you know, you still upload a song and the main positives of SoundCloud for me are that you have the user artist interaction, which is massive. I don't think any other... The comments. and Yeah, I yeah. don't think any other um, kind of um, music platform has bettered SoundCloud in that respect in terms of being able to leave a comment on a video or just press message and directly message any artist that you want, really, however mm-hmm. big they might be. Yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's potluck whether they'll actually respond. That's true. Because it depends how often they're on SoundCloud. But I always try and respond to messages that I 
receive on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do like that interaction. It gives you a real opportunity to be engaged with your audience um, in a similar way to what you would be on something like Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a dedicated music platform. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I love it. I found a lot of artists on there through the, like the radio, like similar thing. Yeah. Um, and I found Vaporwave through SoundCloud, through CBOD, as I've said many times. Um, check out CBOD, as I always say. CBOD is a great guy, man. The, yeah. the penguin, the penguin from New York. The, oh, speaking yeah. of penguins, thank you for the gift today. It is a pleasure. Funnily enough, I thought of CBOD when I saw the penguin. Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> dude, I got to send him a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, yeah. And we got to... Yeah, I think we got to we'll do a little like, little like bros yes. selfie with the penguin. 100%. So it's like Indy, 100%. Strawberry and Seabard all in the same place. Yeah. Yeah, but... See, it's so soft, yeah. man. It's like the softest thing I've ever had. It's held. nice. It's like a little pillow. You know, you can... So you could use it as a stress toy. You could use it as a travel pillow. You can use it as a cuddle buddy at night when you're dreaming of your boo. But um, <laughs> I wish yeah, I it's, it's a nice little thing. Uh, I was wandering around Path in Toronto the and path. I stum stumbled across. What's the, what's the path? It's like the underground, but for feet, I suppose. So it's just a bunch <laughs> of underground. Um, the, it clues in the name. It's underground pathways. Yeah. But it's like every corner you turn, there's just another like 20 or so shops. Yeah, it's just underground It's shops. surreal. I think it's I read online the winter, there's something like man. 24 kilometers of paths. You can get through all of downtown Toronto. Yeah, I pretty much walked here on Path. It's crazy. I came from Fort freeze. York. Earlier. Yeah. I got as far as Union Station, then I went underground. And if it's I don't like a 40 minute walk in the blistering cold. Yeah. Well, I would say blistering cold. It's not that cold for now. Mm. It's a bit colder out west, nice. isn't it? It's like 35 under in Calgary. Yeah, something. that's crazy. Man. <laughs> yeah. So I am, I am prepared for the Canadian winter. Uh, yeah. I've not died yet. So I'm mm -hmm. still here. The thing about Calgary, though, is their cold is dry. Mm. There's no humidity there. Whereas here, when it gets to minus. 50, it's minus 35, basically, man. It's fucking cold. <laughs> it's one of those ones where it all blows off the lake and then you get like nice big icicles hanging from your mustache if you've got one. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I should grow a mustache. Yeah, I just, anyway, back to SoundCloud. I think as a user, as a, as an, a listener, hmm. it's it's good, but I've, I've heard so many things about being an artist on SoundCloud yeah. that it's sort of changed for them because let's, well, for one thing, people don't use SoundCloud as much. Mm. People aren't exploring and finding new artists as much on SoundCloud. Is that like, what, 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 what is it all about? Like, why are people? I mean, I would agree that there's a slowdown, definitely a slowdown. I think songs that I would have released six months ago that would have got 10,000 listens now maybe get like three or four listens, three or four listens, three or 4,000 listens. Um, <clears throat> I think it's fairly obvious and the recent controversies over them trying to set a song limit um, were the ah. were the culmination of this, that they are trying to move to this kind of paid model for SoundCloud, yeah. which is never what it was all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm fully aware that SoundCloud as a service never made that much money and that they're basically clawing around trying to find a way to make that money yeah but the problem is the way that they've gone about it has um, really alienated a lot of the artists that made it what it was in the first place and you get um you get a number of artists nowadays that have moved to spotify primarily but also other um formats like audius youtube uh even just hanging around on Bandcamp primarily um purely because the level of 
service to artists on SoundCloud is poor. And I've seen it happen. I ended up having to get pro, not necessarily because I had reached my upload limit, but because I had a song that I'd uploaded, then realized, Ugh, I don't like the opening to this song, but it's already got like one and a half thousand listens and I really don't want to pull it and lose those listens and lose the momentum that the track has. So I ended up paying like eight bucks a month or whatever it was at the time um, to get SoundCloud Pro. But ever since then, it just seems like it's been on this downward spiral. So I joined SoundCloud Pro for different reasons to most true, other people, true. which is that they think they'll get the clout on on the platform. Um, mm. I, I joined it literally because I wanted to swap out the audio on yeah. a song, which is one of those things that you can't do unless you've got SoundCloud Pro, yeah. which I, I would say is fair, but the price that they're charging and the kind of what you get back from it as an artist, in my eyes, isn't worth it. And that's why a lot of people are so alienated by it. Yeah. The 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 three hour upload limit that they threatened was crazy, really. Um was it three hours or was it I think it was yeah, that was right. It was a fifteen song limit that they were recommending as their kind of standard. So if you didn't have SoundCloud Pro, you could only upload fifteen songs. Those songs could be punk songs that were thirty seconds long. But if you had more than fifteen songs, you couldn't do it. Because wow. they were they were trialing this new kind of thing. Because one of the things that people have said about SoundCloud for a long time is the audio quality on the uploads is crap, mm-hmm. for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless they put, you post a way like a, a download, direct yeah, download. pretty much. Um, so they've only recently started supporting like Flax, for example. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I think they've 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 updated it now. And it, when they first changed it, um, it started glitching out for me. I tried to upload a. 320k mp3 because it was the only thing that I had on my computer at the time mm-hmm. um, obviously I wouldn't upload anything lower than that because I do actually think of audio quality before I upload you know there's there's people that will just throw out whack out like a 128k mp3 and be like yeah that would sound fine then you play it through a phone speaker and it literally sounds like 128 garbage. is low but I've I will challenge anybody that wants to do a listening um, test between 192 and 320 mm. or a flack I'll challenge you right now. Let's do it. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> this is me. this is your challenge. Indy's oh, Indy's facing right. up. I can see him getting his boxing gloves out of the keen corner. Aesthetic ear, yeah. and I've I've I did a lot yeah. of like audio like, <laughs> uh, engineering. I mean, shit. to be honest, when I'm listening to SoundCloud, I don't do it for the audio quality. I do it to discover new things. You know? Yeah. If I want to check out something really cool and really get to know a song and the intricacies of it, I will find the artist on Bandcamp. And I'd recommend anyone listening to this that doesn't to go and check out an artist's Bandcamp because you'll be able to get the highest quality audio files for them. They're normally uploaded in WAV, so you can get them in FLAC, WAV, 320K uh, yeah. um, MP3 MVO. if you want them to. Yeah, That's including like my most. own, of course. So please check out my Bandcamp. Please Definitely. <laughs> Strawberrystation.bandcamp.com. Yeah. But um, in terms of discovery, I've always enjoyed SoundCloud as an experience, but I just think the way they've been going about their... Um, their model has not been good for artists at all and it's mm-hmm. led to a lot of frustration and the, the the threatened 15 song upload that they then reneged on mercifully because of pressure from the artist Backlash, community yeah yeah um was the last straw for a lot of people and there's yeah. a lot of people now that just are flatly refusing to support it as their primary format mm-hmm. myself included to be honest i I'm having trouble uploading things on Spotify at the moment, but Future Funk 2020 should be Spotify, out there soon. SoundCloud or Spotify? Spotify. Okay. If 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 I get the opportunity, I'm going to make Spotify my primary kind of 
music platform. Yeah, It's yeah, tricky. Yeah. It's kind of opaque, which is why I've kind of held off doing it for now. You have to get a third party uploader like DistroKid or Sounddrop or something like that. Um, and then hope to God that all your metadata is correct. Otherwise, they'll stop it for the past. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I released Futurefront 2020 on New Year's Day and yeah. uploaded it to Sounddrop the same day. It's now the 15th, 15th, 14th, of, yeah, 14th. It's got to be the 14th, hasn't it? So it's now two weeks later and it still hasn't been uploaded to Spotify. Wow. Because, because I uploaded the album art and it had some text on it that was Japanese. So they instantly said, you can't upload this to Spotify because it's not your artist name, which obviously was complete bullcrap, but... Uh, <laughs> Was, Come on, yeah, that's, the, that's right. They're the sort of hoops that you have to jump through to actually upload something to Spotify. God. And you have to do it through these third-party distributors, which is a pain in the ass, but at least it's free. Hopefully Some, they figure that shit A lot out. of people use DistroKid, but I refuse to because it, it's a charge to do it. Yeah. It's obviously, from what I can tell, it's, it's a less convoluted process. There's less kind of blowback from them. But I don't like the idea of having to pay to upload music anywhere. Mm -hmm. In my eyes, that's pay to win and that's wrong. That, mm. that, um, that essentially shuts out new artists that are just starting, which is why I was so angry about what happened with, uh, with SoundCloud yeah. over the past few months. Mm -hmm. Because SoundCloud is, in my eyes, where <clears throat> the vast majority of new artists start their journey as future funk artists, as vaporwave artists, as lo-fi artists, or even as like rock or Funk or whatever, whatever genre they're doing, SoundCloud has always been accessible. At least it was to new artists. It's what got us here. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sat here now if it wasn't for SoundCloud, mm -hmm. because I was able to just upload music there, build a following, get to know people in my fan base, and give back to them however I could. I mean, I still always go back to the point. I'm a small fish in a big pond. You know, I'm not. I'm not up there with the Fibers and the Pat Janitons and the St. Pepsis and the Young Bays in this world, but I like to think I'm part of that Future Funk scene now. And it's because I've been able to build that following through SoundCloud primarily. But sadly, we find ourselves now at a point and this crossroads where the corporatization of SoundCloud, for reasons that I can understand, because they weren't making any money until they started doing ads on every three songs that wasn't your own. Money, the, actually, ads are yeah. a, the ads are a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing about them is you still get them when you're on pro if they're not your songs. So you're paying eight bucks a month and you're still hearing ads when you're listening to other people's music. So It's uh, ridiculous. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Even if you're logged in on a computer that doesn't have ad block. I think yeah. if you've got ad block, it's the only time that you'll yeah. not listen oh, yeah, to I ads. I always use ad block, except on YouTube because I have premium. Because okay. I use Google Play Music, <laughs> not Spotify. Nice. You can get a free YouTube premium account if you use Google Play Music, and it's better than Spotify because they let you upload your own songs as a user. Plug, so plug, if there's plug. any Vaporwave you can't find on Google Music slash Spotify because they have the exact same index, basically. Mm. Um, you can upload your own, which nice. is how I listen nice. to all my shit when mm. I'm traveling. I need to get a uh, Walkman though, like you. You're so cool walking around with <laughs> a Walkman, man. I, w I wouldn't say cool, but uh, no, you yeah, are. That's it's, the word. It's um, yeah. My my little Walkman is um, a, a force of nature, I suppose. I've had it since I was a kid, like was yeah. a, a f probably five or six. I can't believe I you it. haven't had to service that thing. No, um, it's fallen to bits. The corner of it's held on with duct tape. It's got a little sticker on it to hide a scuff on the Sony logo. Um, <laughs> 
but it, it still works. It's a bit long on the tooth now. I think there's going to come a point where I need a new drive belt for it. Yeah. But it's 20 years old. It's got a hole in it, but it still plays songs like a dream. Yeah. Before I came here and I got rid of my car, I used to have it hooked up to the Orcs. Because yeah. I had this crappy little city car, a Citroen C1, um, back in England. I hooked it up to the Orcs and I had all of my tapes lined up along what would have been the glove compartment, but was just a shelf which the, worked for me because it was the, the perfect size to like line yeah. these tapes up along the side. Yeah. I've got some pictures on like Facebook and stuff. I might post one later. Oh, please do. Yeah, of like the setup that I had in my car. We'll link and it. it was sweet. It was, <laughs> I, I would say it was probably the main um, kind of way that I listened to like new Future Funk tapes and stuff <laughs> because I used to be on a commute for about an hour a day and that was the main time that I would be listening to music. The rest of the time, I didn't have that much time to listen to music. It sounds kind of dumb, but despite being a musical artist, I probably was too busy in my life to actually listen to music a lot. So a lot of the past two years particularly has been kind of a blind spot, apart from the odd song or the odd album that I've picked up on. But yeah, those commutes were great. man. <laughs> Obviously, it was hell getting down the M1 to Leicester and then beyond to Croft. But... Um, yeah, it was it was a good opportunity to check out some new stuff. What sort of headphones did you use with your Walkman? Do you have the old school ones? Like the, <laughs> well, they were the wired. Eighties ones. Yeah, wired. they had wires. Yeah. So that's that's old school by twenty first century standards. Sure, I've already sure. been walked into by a couple of knobs using AirPods on the streets of Toronto. So <laughs> no, thanks, guys. You'll see them a lot around. Yeah, here, around. man, AirPods, man. Oh, I, yeah. I hate AirPods because you can't recycle them and you can't replace the batteries. They're dumb. They're, They're an dumb. environmental disaster. They're dumb. If you care about conservation, do not buy AirPods. And also they make you look crazy. They make you look like you're talking to yourself. Just, 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 enha- just um, embrace. Fit in around here. Just embrace your craziness and talk to yourself anyway. Exactly. I do it. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, you're a big fan of music. I've heard mm-hmm. some music that you've uh, you know, grown up with and what's sort of inspired you as a musician. Uh, let's talk about some of that music. Like, sure. where, what are your roots? Well, I mean, before I discovered Future Funk and Vaporwave, most of my musical tastes were more like classic rock. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like, um, you know, all the cliched stuff, your ACDC, Black Sabbath and stuff. Um, I also had a big kind of sub-taste in... Uh, Krautrock, so stuff from Germany in the 1970s and stuff. So like Kraftwerk, which we have on the screen right now. Kraftwerk. I've been educating you on the history of Kraftwerk. Yeah. They're so insane. Kraftwerk are cool, man. They are Dude. absolute pioneers. And Definitely. I think they were the guys that got me into electronic music because my friend was jamming The Model, which was a big song in Britain in like the early 80s, and the Man Machine album. Um, from that, I started listening to like Trans Europe Express, radioactivity and then making my way back to some of their really early stuff and through that early stuff I discovered the rest of this crowd rock scene that was based in Dusseldorf and to me one of my biggest influences were a band called Noi um, again mm-hmm. based out of Dusseldorf um, Klaus Dinger too. and um, uh, I think it was Ralph Hutto was the other guy I mean, he might have been one of the ones from Kraftwerk but whatever mm-hmm. I've had a few drinks so yeah Noi is crazy fun. Yeah, uh, you and educated the, the, me on them as well yeah well the thing that I think eventually got me into kind of dance music and um, kind of EDM and house and that sort of thing was that kind of early German 70s music because it had what they call the motodic beat. So you have this driving rhythm. It's really simple. It's just it's just like an eight beat, you know. You know, you can hear it just off the top of your head that it's it's like the sort of thing you would hear in a club now in like dance music and stuff. 
and yet you had these incredible elaborate kind of like um layered guitars going around them you know it was it was it was born from like psychedelic music so it was starting in the early 70s moving on from the summer of love and the the beginnings of prog rock and it was so influential for music in the uk in particular i'm aware that um a lot of the early british punk movement got a lot of their kind of tastes from some of the latest stuff that noi did like hero on noi 3 mm. um in fact if you listen to that song um and then you listen to John Lydon singing in the Sex Pistols. You'll see exactly where he got his like wow. his like singing voice from. Yeah, because he was listening to that song. You know, mm-hmm. Like the snarl that it's got, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, those songs all have that same driving rhythm. And I think I've always kind of liked a song that has like a strong rhythm and that kind of like strong kind of kick drum to it. Right. Yeah. So I think it was only a matter of time till I was getting into yeah. kind of like house and disco <laughs> and that sort of thing. Definitely, man. I mean, I grew up with it anyway because my mum, my mum's tastes in particular. She sounds like a cool girl. Let me tell you. There you go, Mrs. Hill, <laughs> mother of Strawberry Station. If you're, you're, you're famous on the Private Suite podcast. Shout out go. to you as well <laughs> for yeah. raising such a fine gentleman over here. Thanks, babes. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah, she. Um, she grew up in the 70s, so she was ir- initially really into disco. So she has a lot of taste and stuff like Crown Heights Affair, uh, D-Train, Taste of Honey, uh, Shalimar, all, all, all these things that if you, if you heard them, you think, hey, I've heard that in Future Funk before. Probably because I sampled them, if not someone else. <laughs> um, and yeah, I grew up with that around the house as well. And she was also very into punk in the late 70s as well. So she got mm. into kind of... You know, the, the the bigger bands in part, I wouldn't say she was a punk, so to speak, but she was into like the Sex Pistols and the Clash and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that rubbed off on me as well. So I've always been kind of into, um, not necessarily just kind of the driving rhythm, but I've always liked music that's quite stripped back and simple, you know, mm-hmm. something that gets you going and makes you feel things, which I guess is where a lot of the appeal of like Vaporwave and Future Funk comes from as well for me. Because um, it... it, it it is in a way a form of simplification. I've always liked music that um, primarily is there to make you feel something and get you moving rather than because it's this big blown out project that needs an explanation and needs a book to accompany the record and that sort of thing. No, I've always liked it. I've always liked something that, you know, I like to have a good time really. Or if I'm trying to chill out, I like something that I can just close my eyes to and just drift away to, you know. Um, Obviously, I appreciate it when like artists have more convoluted stories to tell, but yeah. it's not really my bag. I'd say my thing is more, here's the beat, here's the sound. I hope it makes you feel good. Let's party or let's relax. Let's dance. Let's dance, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, that's going to be on my tomb, man. Yeah, that's a great soundbite. <laughs> that's a slogan. So how did uh, Vaporwave and all that come into the picture? Well, like... Um, I think I said on my video, like it started in 2016 when I broke up with my my now ex-girlfriend, obviously. Um, I was kind of bummed out. Uh, didn't really know what to do with myself. Uh, for a while, I was kind of like clawing around trying to like get dates and stuff. But eventually I kind of like just, meh, kind of was like, whatever, I'm fine with this. Uh, so I started hanging around with my friends in the city in Leicester. And they used to hang around in this um, place called the Black Hole, which was just like a terraced house that wasn't very well maintained and it was <laughs> kind of dark and once you were there you could never leave so that's why we called it the black hole 
And uh, yeah, my friends used to play like Vaporwave and Lo-Fi and uh, then some other cool stuff, you know, like Thundercat was big for me. I really loved Thundercat. I used to play that all the time. But yeah, I used to, that was pretty much how I got into like Vaporwave and stuff, just off their playlists from that place, really. Yeah, Hit Vibes. Yeah, that um, was big for me. Yeah, what else? Uh, just, just they're going to sound generic, but things like Floral Shop and Echo Jams, you know, yeah. in those early days. And so your, uh, your boys are listening to that stuff, eh? Yeah. Awesome. Basically, man. they got me into it. They got me into Vaporwave. Yeah. And then one day they put Cherry Pepsi on it. I was like, whoa, damn, what's this? <laughs> and yeah, that, that, was, that was one of those moments in your life where something just like clicks in your head and you're like, <laughs> I really like this. So did you, How make, do I learn more? did you make music before? Yes. Okay. Very bad music. It's awful. It's genuinely awful. <laughs> like electronic? Like yeah, electronic, shit. guitars. Um, guitars. We had, me and my friends had this kind of like half joke punk band called Bane.com, which was based on um, sound bites from The Dark Knight Rises, the one with Bane in it, uh, which then spiraled into an entire album, which was absolutely terrible. But I still like listening back to it just because it was fun to make. Uh, um, I had no idea how to do any sort of production until I started doing the Future Funk. And even then it took me about a year of being told your music's crap <laughs> to actually knuckle down and learn. But yeah, I've been doing music for about a decade. Yeah. So who are some influential people that you would say helped you kind of discover yourself? In terms of music? In, in Future Funk, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like Fiber... Well, I mean, early days I was listening to, you know, like Night Tempo, Conscious Thoughts and stuff. Conscious is a cool guy. Met him at Groove Horizons. He's just like your quintessential little Scottish stoner. <laughs> really cool guy to hang around with, yeah. like, for real. Is uh, he at Essential this year? Yeah, he'll be there. Oh, he'll be there. sick. That's yeah. amazing. He will bring the party, I'm fairly sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Can't wait to meet you, Conscious Thoughts. Yeah. I mean, early days it was guys like that as well. And um, Android Apartment, who again, Definitely. I now know quite well, like Alberto, really cool guy. Like mm-hmm. um, Alberta? Yeah, can't say enough about him. Italian dude who lives in London and uh, oh, he does the London. whole okay. Android apartment thing. And yeah, yeah. He's yeah. great. He's living the dream, really, because he gets to go around the world doing music. Mm-hmm. If I get to a point where, you know, people want me to play in Japan and I can just go, then, yeah, I'm dreaming, man. <laughs> but, 2020 is going to be an amazing year. Dude. It is, because I'm here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, that, that, those guys were co- probably some of the earliest ones that I remember. And obviously, like, Guys like St. Pepsi and Young Bay go with that saying as well. Um, in terms of the guys that actually started to make me feel welcome in the scene and starting to feel like I was part of something, um, I got to know Mr. Wax fairly early on as well. Yeah. Because I, I, I reached out to him because I wanted to know where he got his like washer effects and stuff. He was mentioning the phonotics back to me and then we just ended up talking from there. And now we're really good friends, me, him and uh, Jelly Bonbon as well. Um, who again has been around a long time his his tracks if you look they go back five or six years mm-hmm, which is a definitely. long time in future funk definitely um, but yeah I was listening to him early doors and now yeah we're friends which is weird to say and he, he appeared on my latest album we did Strawberry Jelly as well yeah <laughs> um, speaking of Strawberry Jelly can we play a song can you play it while I go for a wee <laughs> you go for a wee my friend alright and here it is Strawberry Jelly by Strawberry Station featuring Jelly Bonbon
I love the bass on this song. Not just because I made the bass line for this song, but because it's just it just fits, man. <laughs> and sometimes you just get elements in a song that just fit, you know. This was a funny trap when we were making it. Like, um, I think I, I asked Jelly if he wanted to do a collab for this song. Uh, not necessarily for this song, for this album. And he was like, yeah, I've got this song lined up, but I don't really know what to do with it. And um, he, put, he, he sent it over to me and it was kind of the, the bones of this song. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, I've got an idea. I dropped the bass line for it. It was like, oh, that's sick. And then it obviously, like all good collabs, it just snowballed from there. And we're like batting it back and forth. And This is a stuff. fucking amazing song. It's cool. Man. I drop this at shows now. It's like one of I, my... I it, think I used it in one of our videos. It's one of my you, secret... You let me use your It's shit. one of my secret, super secret songs that I like yeah. to drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, at the end of it all, like he was like, Right, I really like it, but I've got this alternative version where I just made it really weeby because I've been watching Magical Girl anime. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yo, dude. Can we... Dude. Uh, actually, I guess no, we'll, we'll wait till the song's over, I suppose. <laughs> sure. But I, there's something I want to talk about. But yeah, he was like, yeah, I've got this like weeb version. I was like, mate, just inject that into my veins. That's exactly the sort of thing I'm going for with this song. <laughs> so yeah, he put it out and he like got all the sound bites from this show that he was watching, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Something about this little girl who has like a paintbrush that can make things turn real. <laughs> and they're little like, I'm going to call them demons, but they're not, they're like fairies or something. <laughs> um, they, they, they do this thing to like make the things turn real and they go pasta de potpourri popping pa like pastel potpourri <laughs> yeah. popping pa yeah. that's the magical words that make them turn real I was like yeah okay I'm gonna do some like vocal chops with this I was like you absolute madman this is why I love you Jelly yeah and yeah he put it together and I loved it Crazy. so it's on the album yeah what a guy so let's talk about the art on your albums mm. you have a particular artist that draws your uh, I guess personification in anime. Is I that, do. Is that what? I do. Yeah. So um, we've become good friends now. Uh, she goes by the Heskets. Uh, she won't mind me calling her Sophie. I always do on social media anyway. Um, Such good pictures, man. Like, she's the, brilliant. It's it's not unrealistic except for the face. You know mm. what I mean? So she has this re it's really good knack. It's great. I think what attracted me to her art style is that it's got this kind of nice middle ground between a kind of Western aesthetic and the anime kind of look. And don't, exactly. get, me, don't get me wrong, I'm a complete weeb. I love like anime aesthetics, anime babes, waifus, and all that, all that good stuff that comes naturally with the scene. Um, I make no apologies to anybody in the scene that dislikes that aesthetic, because I do. And it's part of what attracted me to it in the first place. Um, but yeah, she 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 puts her own touch on it, even when she is drawing in a specifically anime style. I mean, I'm looking at the one for One to Eight State now. It's just really cool art, and she 
she's capable of making things look retro when she wants to. She has a lot of different kind of, I suppose I'd call them sub-styles. Like, if she wants to put more of an anime tinge on a picture, she can. Or if she wants to do something more realistically, she's versatile enough to do that. And her artwork has always really impressed me. So the first piece of artwork that I got from her was when I was working on the Christmas album, the one that came out this year on First Class Collective. And I told my friend uh, Het Silver, goes by Ragebinder now at the time, um, that, yeah, I was making this album. I would show him it like in a week or two. Uh, and him being him, um, a big promoter of artists and at the time he had this kind of subreddit where he had a lot of artists kind of together and he was promoting their stuff really cool guy and I really hope he gets back into that because he doesn't really do the YouTube stuff much these days but he um, yeah at the time he was he was really supportive of these artists and the guy went and gave me a um, commission from this girl called The Heskets for my Christmas album primarily as a Christmas present I think but uh, I ended up using it because I loved it that much it was it it really impressed me. Uh it was it was the style. I mean, it's the first picture she's done. And it's interesting if you look at it because she's done mm, let's see. So she's done the Yeah, so she's done three major commissions for me already. And each one of those has had a slightly different kind of look to it, but it's clearly the same girl. It's clearly like Ichigo Chan, if you like. That's what I called her. <laughs> um uh who I suppose is like my mascot or my persona for it now. And uh, yeah, ever since Hetz was kind enough to get me that commission and I thank him for it pretty much every day, she's been my go-to artist and we ended up becoming really good friends as well. That's so cool, man. I, how do you hook up with somebody like that? Like for someone who's trying to get an artist to make a theme out of their journey sort of. It was just pure luck really because Hetz um, recommended her and ended up getting me this commission completely out of the blue because he just thought her style would suit my music. Yeah. And it did. And now we're really good friends. And she happens to live in Ontario as well oh. with her partner. Oh, yeah. So right, I'm going right. to go and meet those guys and they're yeah. going to show me around Ottawa, hopefully. Awesome. They say we're going to go skating on the lake and I'm going to fall flat on my ass. I assure you. So next time... You will. Ne next time I show up on this podcast, I'm going to have like raw cheeks, I'm fairly sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am really, really am because, you know, we're really good friends now and... Uh, She's just another one of those people from Canada that was part of convincing me to come to this country, I suppose, because nice. you're one of them as well. So yeah. thanks, dude. Yeah. Anytime. Hey. Oh, yeah. We, we have a special guest that just arrived, by the way. Do you want to say hi? Hey. You want to say hi into the mic? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Okay. This is just between you and me, man. Okay. Just, just, just talk like no one's watching. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. You can it's, grab yourself a bear if you want. It's uh, it's Josh Starkey, by the way. He runs Lost Angles. Hi, Check Josh. Out Lost, is it lost-angles.bandcamp.com? There's a dash there. Yeah. I think you should make it like a Mexican thing. Make it like Lost Tangles. <laughs> yeah, Lost-angles. Yeah, then you can like break out. There's plenty of like future funk guys in like South America. Just, <laughs> There's a lot. They're, they're just yeah. gagging for that kind of like Spanish shit. New alias. <laughs> also, hexadecimal on uh, is a underscore decimal if i remember correctly on twitter yeah check him out he's fucking he's the best okay so uh, we've gone through a lot of my questions actually nice. um got a couple more for you i guess what 
what is your life? What's your favorite things to do outside of Vaporwave, like hobbies and whatnot? I've Gaming. always enjoyed travel. While you're here. Well, yeah, that's why I'm in Canada, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's something that I have not really... I would say I haven't had the chance to do it in the past three years or you, so since I had a full-time job. I want to compliment you f- on your language skills, actually. You, you, see, you know a lot of different... You're throwing uh, shit out there all the time. Uh, Dutch, uh, German... Japanese. French. Spanish, I think, even. like it's Maybe not yeah, completely. I wouldn't call myself a polyglot. I have no. like pidgin versions of all these languages. Yeah. I've tried... Japanese is the one I've tried hardest to learn, but right. I'd say I know less Japanese than I do German. Yeah. Probably because German's a fairly similar language to English, I suppose. Right. But um, like, I think I know enough now that if I went to Tokyo, I'd be able to find my way around, like get directions and stuff, yeah. find the nearest bar, can pie the hell out of a beer, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, um, Amazing, dude. So travel, I know you play games, I know you watch films. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a... I'm just, I'm like just a geek, really. Just a geek. I've always had a retro tastes, you know. Okay. I mean, like even before I was like into all that stuff, I used to volunteer at Heritage Rail ra- Railway ra- slash Railroad. Yeah. In the UK, which had like, the station was based like 1940s style. So like, okay. So I was always really into that kind of heritage aspect. I mean, before I came here, I was at Fort York earlier. Yeah. Just I, wandering I, around. I was thinking, I was like, why is he? he I he must be a like a heritage thing. I like, I like history. Sort of I way. really do. I yeah. like learning about places and what makes them what they are. Right. Uh, which is part of why I went there today. It was very comforting to see the Union Jack flying over Toronto as well. <laughs> you know, it's like a home away from home. Mm-hmm. By the way, hello, Harry and Megan. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that. I'm sick of being asked about that. Okay. Honestly, everyone that I meet around Toronto is asking me about the bloody Royals. I don't care. I really don't. I like the Queen. Yeah. And beyond that, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're a British colony, so... Well, you're not anymore. You're a free country. Well, we... we... You're being colonized by me. That's about as far as it goes these days. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like stuck in the middle, Canada. It's weird. We use yeah. half imperial, half metric, for example. Yeah, I was actually surprised that you guys... I was warned that you guys are like completely metric. But like every time I go to order a pint, it's like 20 ounces. Yeah, sweet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's an actual and it's an actual British pint measurement as well. That was one thing that really bothered me about the States. Is yeah. Their idea of a pint is 16 ounces, mm-hmm. which is 425 mil. Right. It should be 568. 568 yeah. is a pint. You're getting shortchanged if you buy a pint in the States. It's <laughs> a complete lie. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, there you go. I can, I can moan about things all day, man. Yeah. This podcast could run three hours if you got me moaning about things. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't able to bring much of your collection down with you, were you? Sadly not, no. I brought a few of my own tapes and a very select few um, tapes from other people. I've had yeah. to leave a few Special at home, tapes. sadly. Yeah. Even some from friends. Like I think I left Melon's Dream Plaza tape at home for starters. Mm. Um, I think... I think I brought Mr. Wax's tape. I'll have to double check. Um, but yeah, I brought some of kind of the big hitters. So like a couple of Young Bay tapes. I think I've got um, I've got Beach Bays and Vaporwaves, Crystal Kitsune as well there, which is just like balls out, classic city pop, future funk, which I love, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, my tape collection that I've brought here is fairly small. Um in fact, most of the case space went to kind of spare tapes. I'm going to sell it essential. So oh, there's, nice. a, there's a couple of copies there. If you get in quickly, I'll sign them. Please mm-hmm. buy my merch. And the tape swap. Don't don't forget what tape swap everybody got. Yeah. Come, come to that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Friday noon, dupe shop. Be um, there. And I'll be doing um I'll be doing the kind of mixtape giveaway as well. Because um every every show that I've played so far, I've done a very short run of like five tapes that I do for it with like the black label kind of thing. Like it's sure. designed it's designed to look like an old school kind of like major label release where yeah. you've got like the, the text at the bottom and the black thing and then you've got the the kind of album art at the top in the square. Sure. Um if so I did one for Quiet Carnival and one for Groove Horizons. Mm-hmm. And the plan is to do one for Essential as well and just give them out to people that I like the look of at the show. You know, so people I... that are throwing shapes on the floor to my set and stuff. Yeah. So basically if you come to my set and you impress me you bring with your it, moves yo, or, you know, or, you, or you know some of the songs and sing along then you're getting a tape you know I'll be like Oprah you get a tape you get a tape yeah, everybody gets a tape only it's a lie because there are only, only five tapes yeah so I, yeah. there are tapes of yours I don't own yeah own, apparently basically they're, yeah. they're like the MVPs of the, the Strawberry Station collection because yeah. there are only five of them and I made them yeah you know crazy but they're, dude they're well dubbed I have a decent tape deck at home mm-hmm. but for this one I'm going to have to stay on your good books because I hope to use that tape deck that you've got in the corner there yes. to, <laughs> to dub them I need to find five blanks before well we're going to the deep shop maybe Josh can help us oh yeah you work there don't you <laughs> sick yeah Okay, so a couple more questions. I w- one thing I really wanted to know is how you decide on a sort of aesthetic or theme for your different records, like musically. Mm. It's an interesting one, really. I think it kind of comes naturally because often what I'll do in terms of my pr- production process is I'll be playing around when I finish an album, and I'm kind of in that lurch at the moment. Future from 2020 is the first song that I've made since One to Eight State that was actually a new song because Anita came out before it, which is why it's the B-side. But that was an old song that was like from that process. Yeah, and when 28th State was like yeah. September, September, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still undecided. Wow, memory. I'm still undecided on whether that's going to be the sound that the new record like takes or if it's just going to be a standalone single. Yeah. But what I will normally do is I will kind of play around in FL for a while until I find a kind of bass that I like mm-hmm. and then I will build songs around that. It makes the production process a hell of a lot easier if you have that bass um, because I'm not going to lie, my production knowledge is very limited at the moment. I'm still learning a lot. Um, but if I if, if I find a sound that I like, then I will work songs. I'll, I'll, basi- I'll basically make a kind of bass project and then build the building blocks around it. So I'll use similar kind of drum patterns or similar um, kind of bass sounds for when I'm making a bass line or something. And it brings it all together when I've actually made the album because, you know, sonically they're the same. So they have the same kind of mastering. It it, it saves me a lot of mastering because they're ba- they basically come pre-mastered because they're mm-hmm. from the same project. Mm-hmm. Um it, it it can make the process kind of frustrating sometimes because you're kind of picking at different different kind of samples that you're using yeah. for it. Um, most people that like are thinking back. Yeah, I'm aware that people that are more pro than me will like choose a song, they'll work at it, and then they will get it properly mastered, maybe by somebody else. I yeah. mean, I know Fiber does a lot of it. Fiber's yeah. Fiber's mastering process is amazing, but for somebody who's poor like me and can't afford those services, <laughs> uh, I, I I like to work from it. So yeah, I'll have that base process. And then I will kind of build around it. So it's like mm. it's like Legos, Legos for future funk, if you like. Cool. And, uh, yeah. For the, for, the, for the most part, it works because people seem to like it. Yeah. And it gives it gives an album a kind of identity, so to speak. So definitely. Um, so Strawberry Dreams had its own kind of base project. Uh, 
yesterday's jam had its own base project and one to eight has had it as well um the only one that I was kind of cheating on was the christmas present ep yeah because that had the same base project as one as strawberry dreams because yeah. it came out just after it and i really wanted to make a christmas record before mm. christmas and that mm. came out in like november so i didn't have much time yeah yeah okay well th- thank you for the answer i have one last question before mm. we go favorite vaporwave and future funk releases hmm oh tough one that's tough that's that's very tough what about what about ones that you think people should listen to that aren't w- well known enough in your opinion maybe that's easier i like uni deluxe uni in deluxe. vaporwave i'm gonna go for uni deluxe i think um they're another one of these guys that's kind of floating on the periphery at the moment a bit like i was for a while sure. before i got into the live stuff yeah um they they make good good vape good uh future funk and uh they're well worth checking out. I was toying with dropping one of their songs at my show at one point until um, I think they got muscled out by Barb Walters in the end because I was running out of time, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, Uni Deluxe are cool. Um, I'm always going to give a lot of love to Crystal Kitsune as well. Again, they're one of my friends in the scene. Kitsune. Um, yeah. Uh, they they had a successful release with Beach Babes on uh, Seiko Mart, but um, they're well worth checking out. And, you know, they're friends with some of the kind of bigger guys as well, like Adrian Wave, for example. I think mm-hmm. they went they went out to Japan and played a show with Adrian Wave and Kiss Me Nerdy Girl. Yeah. So I'm right. hoping that I'm hoping at some point in the next year or so we're gonna meet up. They keep going on, we're gonna go to the AMA Expo in uh, LA. Yeah. We'll get a chance to fly out there, which should be yeah. sweet. So I'll be hanging out with them and Necro, possibly. Uh in terms of Vaporwave, mm, that is a tough one actually, because Vaporwave, with the greatest respect to artists, kind of floats me by sometimes. Um uh, purely because it's so ethereal in its existence, I suppose. Uh, mm. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I could say some of the obvious ones, like Big Influence was St. Pepsi and uh, uh, Luxury Elite as well. Lux, yeah. uh, I suppose if I was to give a shout out to one artist, I'd say Strixie, girl from the Netherlands, um, started out last year. She released Journey Through Albia, which was based on a game she used to play on like MS-DOS PCs and stuff. Yeah. And it had this know. kind of Strixie. Yeah. Yeah. Strixie okay. with two X's, I think it was, or maybe even three X's. I can't remember. She's a cool girl. Um, yeah. Just starting out. Um, the first one off the top of my head that I can remember. Yeah. Check her stuff out. Cool. I'm hoping she will release new stuff soon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and sitting down with me while we're really mm. waiting for, jo- uh, well, Josh is it really waiting. a pleasure. I can actually go and shake Josh's hand now Josh and get to know the guy. Yeah, yeah rather than just <laughs> sitting, at, sitting at like 10 feet distance, you know, which is a safe distance to be from Strawberry Station, guys. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wives. Sure. That rhymes, kind of. There you go. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, uh, any shout outs you want to give? Uh, yeah, shout outs to all my guys in the scene. Uh, to Mare, to Malinade, to Jelly Bonbon, to Android Apartment, to Conscious Thoughts, to Mr. Wax, to all those other guys that I know from the UK scene, to all the guys that I'm going to meet at Essential in April, uh, to all the guys at Private Suite Magazine, who I promise I will um, be far more involved in after issue 11 drops because I'm busy getting settled in Canada and drinking with Indy. So sorry about that. You're killing it while you're traveling. You're doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Yeah. I trust my reviews guys to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To my family and friends back home who sadly I'm not going to see for a long time, but that comes with the nature of moving to a different continent, I suppose. Uh, and 
a special shout out to all the people that I've met since I got to Canada that have made me feel welcome. So to Sarah that I met on the plane, to Tom and Ellen that I met at the bar, uh, to Rodney who I'm staying at with the Airbnb, and of course to you, my boy, Indy, for helping me feel welcome and uh, sure. yeah, giving me a place to crash when I get too drunk in the GTA. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> no worries, man. Here's I, hope those, I hope those other fam are listening. Yeah, I'll tell them that this is a thing. And, yeah. Uh, they can check it out. Definitely. Mom, cool. dad, I'll see you soon. All right, man. <laughs> well, all the best. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon sometime. Let me know how London is. Yeah. It cool. should be all right. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. You are now listening to Strawberry Station.